Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. You're listening to episode 80 of With Heart and Wonder. I'm going to tell you all about today's guest in just a moment. But first, at the end of our last episode, I hinted that I have been planning a workshop. And I wanted to take just a moment to tell you a little bit more about that in case it's something that feels like it aligns with where you are at this moment in time. So this workshop is called Find Your Fall Flow, a workshop to help you set inspiring, embodied, feel-good goals that make your eyes sparkle. My hope is that as we start to transition into the next season, which where I live is moving towards the fall or the autumn season, we can use this as a time for reflection for grounding and anchoring into our priorities, our desires, what it is we are wanting to bring to life, and what else might need to be released. So this workshop is coming up at the end of August, and all are welcome. And if you happen to live somewhere in the world where you are not in a transition to fall, you're still welcome. We're going to talk a little bit about the energy of the fall season but a lot of it will be applicable for whatever season of life you are in, as well as whatever season the natural world is in, wherever you live. So if you want to learn more about this offering, it would be such, such a delight to have you there. You can learn more at meganjohnston.com slash fallflow. And I'll make sure that link is in the show notes. Now, let me tell you about the truly sensational Erica House. It feels like such a gift to have Erica here with us today. She is just this like bright, shining presence who absolutely embodies living a life with heart and wonder. And she's been a part of our pod community for quite some time now. I've had the pleasure of getting to go deep with Erica over the last year as we've worked together in a coaching container. In our work together, we've explored so many different areas of life, but there's been one that has been so impactful and it it comes back to this idea of like the sparkly eyes, those things that are so deep and resonant with the truth of who we are and the magic that we bring into this world. And one of Erica's true gifts is around storytelling and writing. And she had what she calls, and I love the way she phrases this, this maybe one day project that was inside of her. You're going to hear more about that in a moment. And you're going to hear more about Erica's reflections on this process of what it has meant to have this thing that was deep inside of her to actually create the space and the time in her life to see what that thing could be. So let's dive in. Erica, I am honestly 
I think just like vibrating with excitement to have you here today on the podcast, in part because we've gotten to travel pretty deeply together over the last year. And it's been such an inspiration to witness this journey of you deepening your relationship with yourself as well as with your writing, which is one of the main things we're going to talk about today. So welcome. I'm just so excited that you're here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here too. About a year ago, I put out this call because I was in the midst of my coach training journey to start to work with pro bono clients. And I had over 30 people actually respond back that they were interested. And you ended up being one of the three that I worked with as my very first coaching clients, which we did first in a pro bono container over three months as I was wrapping up my coach training. And then we actually continued working with one another. And it's been like about a year now. And I actually would love to just rewind to where you were last summer. Yeah, it's funny thinking back to a year because I was just like at such a different place and like home and life and stuff too. When I first saw that you were starting your own life coaching training, I had no idea what life coaching really was. And unless I knew you, I don't think it's something I would have signed up for because there weren't areas in my life I was like really struggling or really needed specific help with. But it was the questions that you started asking around, like, what is that creative spark that you want to find again? That that's what got me thinking about it. I remember one of your questions in the coaching questionnaire was around, like, do you have a project you've been thinking about or something in the back of your mind? Um, yes. And at this point, it was about a year ago now that I had thought about, like, wouldn't it be cool to write my dad's memoir? Um, I know my dad from like in his 20s, he has all these stories about different places he went teaching and he was in the Navy and these things that I didn't really know because I'd never really asked. And so it was just this like maybe one day, what if kind of idea in my head at that point. And that really like kind of sparked into my mind of like, what could this be if I actually took this seriously? So that's kind of what started it and got me interested in like, I, I don't know what coaching is. I don't know what it could be. I knew you from like teaching yoga. I've done some of your classes before and I thought this could be something really interesting. And so that's what first sparked it for me. I remember reading your response actually to the questionnaire, to that question. And it's always fun for me because this pre-coaching questionnaire, it has 10 questions on it. I get so much information from it and a real sense of like what is happening in the season of life that someone is in. And the question is, is there anything you really want to tell me? A question or an area you hope I won't ask you about, but secretly you want me to. And this was the question where you talked about this idea that had been stirring inside of you for quite some time. You know yourself so well. And so it was so fun. I remember just how clear you were on the three areas of life you wanted to work on. Because in a coaching container, we can work on up to three areas at one time. And you came in and you had goals around health, community, and around like creativity and your writing. And it's been phenomenal to work on all sorts of different areas of life with you. But this writing one, which came up in this question of like that thing so deep inside of you, I've really seen that spark of aliveness and curiosity and excitement and discovery and playfulness within you. 
Can we talk about for a second this maybe one day project? Because I know you were saying around this time last year you started thinking about it, but am I correct? I kind of remember that maybe it goes back even further than that, that this is something that you and your dad had actually even talked about before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had kind of talked about it in like, again, I think that vague way when it's not actually, it's like, oh, maybe one day, maybe I'll try that sometime. Um, and it just kind of feels up there as an idea, but not as like a tangible thing. And I think that's what made it kind of scary is that when you take something seriously and you commit to it and start telling people, it becomes real. And absolutely, I think, yeah, I think there's almost something safe about when it's still in that like idea, maybe what if phase, then you don't really know if you'll love it or hate it or be great at it or not. It's still just this like unknown. Um, which I think that's where it can feel vulnerable of like, okay, I'm going to try this or I'm going to like take steps toward it. So that's where it was. I think that's why it made it lower on my like, do I want to do this? Or what does this mean to me of doing more into creative writing too? Um, and that, yeah, that shift of like how that happened between, okay, what does it actually look like if I like prioritize this and make the time for it? You so beautifully articulated that. I think you're right on the nose that sometimes there's almost this romanticization within us or an idealization of things that like, wouldn't that be so great? In a way, I think sometimes we focus only on like the really wonderful parts about something and not necessarily make space in our daydreaming for the parts that are going to be stretchy. Anything that is like really deeply connected to who we are, it's not all rainbows and butterflies, there are these moments where it can bring up a lot. And I know that for you, this chance to explore writing was in a way also a chance to explore yourself and your identity as a writer. And I know that writing has actually been part of your life for a long time. Can you tell us a little bit more about this identity piece? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's what it was kind of mixed with a lot of things that were holding me back. Because I think a year, a year ago, if you had asked me, like, what's stopping you? I probably would have said time when that's mm -hmm. not really it. Like, there's so much more to unpack there. And I think it's that's an easy where, scapegoat. Time. Yeah, it totally is. It's like, no, I have a full workload and I have these other things going on. Um, but yeah, I think really when we started to unpack it, it was like so much deeper than that because writing from when I was a kid, like I always liked writing stories and I used to do spoken word poetry. I studied journalism and now in my work, I do a lot of marketing communication. So also writing work. Um, so it's always been this constant in my life, but I feel like I haven't done creative writing in that way or just kind of in a, in a play, like fun sort of way in a while. Um, and I was kind of missing that. Like I felt like I didn't really have that creative or like joyful relationship with writing as much anymore. Um, so I think that's another part of this that kind of sparked that, but it, it brought up a lot of these questions for me of what is writing to me or identity around like, am I a writer? Because I think for me, the idea of writing something more long form or like a memoir or a book felt, it just brought up all these questions of like, am I, can I do that? Am I good enough to do that? What would that look like? And that, that's what gets overwhelming and kind of back to this identity or self-doubt question of whether I could do that at all. And so that was a lot of our coaching because so much of it was these like barriers, I think that went down to like, could I do this? Is this something I want to do? When so much of it is you really don't know unless you're, unless you try and you do something. And so 
Um, that was, I think, a big shift from moving from the, oh, I should have just done it already, or I should do this, to looking at it with curiosity of like, oh, interesting. Like, why? what makes my reaction to this a certain way? Or what is it that I'm really scared of or makes me really feel really nervous in my body? Um, and so, yeah, it was a shift of like going through that too, of like this bigger question of what writing and being a writer means to me. Would you say, Erica, because I think everything you brought up right now, like I just feel it so deeply. And I know a lot of people listening to the podcast right now might identify with this as well. We can get really caught in this pattern of like overthinking and over planning and wanting to know like exactly how every step of something is going to unfold. I see you nodding your head. So you totally know what I'm talking about. And what you're describing, like those those things that start to bubble up to the surface, to me, those are the things that we can't plan for or anticipate, but we can only become familiar with once we are actually in momentum, like once we are actually in action and letting ourselves be in the process. Would you agree with that? Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. I think we can get really caught up in that planning phase or wanting to know what the outcome will look like when we can't at the stage that we're at. You have to you have to be moving. You have to be in that momentum before you can even visualize what that could look like at the end. I've definitely had that and still do that like all or nothing mindset of I'll say if I want to write this whole book or this whole memoir, um, I'll have it done in a month and without thinking about, well, what are all the steps that you actually need to get there? And how can you break it down? And I think that's one way that it can feel really overwhelming is if, if you haven't broken it down small enough. I think that's something you've said as well um, of, of like finding that what are those like small steps to build towards it? And that can make it feel more like achievable and more like I'm in control of it too. And it can also help you celebrate a whole lot more along the way. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when we have those really big steps that we haven't achieved, it feels heavy. But when yep. we have little steps that we have achieved, it feels encouraging and like it propels us forward. We want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what can get us, can kind of get you in your head too, if you're not, can get you in that inner spiral. If it's, well, why haven't I done this huge, big thing yet? Um, and then feeling like I should have or feeling guilty about that rather than like, what's one step I can make towards that? Instead of thinking about going from, having nothing on paper to writing the whole memoir, it was breaking it down into maybe it's just slow writing for five minutes a day and writing with a prompt of something fun or the first step of writing down the questions I was going to ask dad or kind of what I wanted the focus of it to be. Um, And really like playing around with like breaking those steps one thing at a time to get you closer to where you want it to be. And I think so often we're, and I especially was focused on what are that end product look like like that's what success is when really so much of it is in that middle of exploring and playing with it and experimenting that um that's that's really well you learn what that could even look like at the end and that's the part that's fun to sit with too you really can't just have it all planned out so that was a lot of it too like having fun with it and making it making writing like a joyful and like a fun habit again yeah i know that when we started our work together it was a little bit more outcome driven. And then 
what has been developing over the last year and has really been from my seat, it's been so beautiful to watch you really think about like, how can I create this relationship with writing that is sustainable and joyful and playful and is really going to be one that adds meaning and fulfillment to life. Because I think sometimes too, we can have these like goals or ideas in our head and then we get so caught up in the pushing and the forcing that it doesn't become fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's been so fun to see the brightness and the sparkle in your eye as you've been finding all of these different ways to really reignite that passion that you've always had with writing, but that maybe had become a little bit dimmer. Yeah, that is totally it. And I think it is that it's like you can still have goals and be ambitious and move towards them, but also have fun with it. As you say, like, Mm -hmm. have it be stretchy. Um, That like took a while for me to get because even now, like I would love to sit here and say, and I finished the memoir and it's published and it's great and it's here in my hands, but that's not it. Like it's, it's not done yet. And I don't know if that will be the ending to it, but I know that it's in this movement stage now in a, in a place that feels like it's bubbling and something's sparking and I have the first chapter and we're working on the others, but it still feels like there's all these different drafts and there's these editing and like many different versions of it too, which, which kind of feels like it's fun to be in the process. And I think we sometimes can be scared of sharing like a rough draft or something that's not totally done yet. I know I've definitely felt that. And that that's felt like part of this process for me is that like sharing sharing the journey of it and like sharing the habits and the the things that you're learning well, along the way, knowing that like the end thing isn't finished yet. Um, and that's like a great thing to celebrate too. I have such a great thing to celebrate. And there have been like so, so many moments along the way to celebrate the way in which you've been shifting your relationship with self and with your writing. And it's not just the end result, right? Like, it's like, I feel like we are celebrating something every time you and I get to connect and talk. There's something to celebrate because of all of the amazing movement that is happening both in bringing this writing project to life as well as the ways in which it is this container that you are getting to know yourself better. And I I wanted to touch on something you just said because the last podcast guest we had on, Maria just self-published her first children's book and it was a process that took five years. And I think sometimes too, we just, we think we're gonna start something and it is just gonna be this quick thing it's just going to happen. But I really, really wanted to have you on as just this like beautiful example of somebody who is in it, who is listening to the call of that maybe one day project stirring inside of you. But still, is it fair to say like completion is not yet in sight yet? Like Mm -hmm. you are very much still in the journey. But would you say, Erica, even if you for whatever reason, next week, stopped working on the memoir project. Would you say that it has still been worthwhile? Yes, for sure. Yeah, because I think it's it's like brought out things in myself about my interests in writing and what I want to do. And also just learning more about my dad and a different time in his life. Since first chapter, I wrote about 
um, in his first year of teaching, he went to work in Pickle Lake, this like very northern Ontario town, five hours north of Thunder Bay. And so even just learning about like his experience there, the lifestyle there, um, talking to my other family members about about it, like that's all been really interesting. And I've learned a lot through that too. Um, and so it definitely has been worthwhile. And I think that's an interesting question of, is it really about that finish or that completed product, whatever that or project, whatever that looks like, or kind of what it's been along the way? Because I think the other thing that's been very helpful and needed was really thinking about it in terms of a season or as we've been working together in terms of a coaching container of three months, because it's really hard to visualize what life will look like in a year or two years, you know, but you can think about, okay, in these three months, like what is my priority? What do I want my focus to be? And especially this past year, I was um, traveling. My husband Alex and I had just left our apartment in Ottawa and we were traveling around Canada while working remotely. Um, and we like moved a few months ago to Waterloo. So there has been these like transitions in life that have made it very different of the things that I want or need to focus on for a few months at a time. But I think that's been needed for this project because it's just more, it's easier to visualize, I think, or think about like life in terms of this three months. Like that's something I can see and commit to. Absolutely. I love the three-month model because to me, it feels like we can do a lot in three months. And also it can still feel realistic and measurable. And um, and like you so beautifully articulated, it can fit really well inside the seasons too. The seasons that at least you and I being in Canada in a place that has four seasons, it really does does so beautifully map onto that. I think something else that worked with the thinking of it as like a season or a, in a time block container um, was figuring out what my priority will be for that time period. So for this summer, I thought I'm going to really focus on this, this memoir project. And something you said that stuck with me was choosing a priority means saying no to other good things. And I know that I'm someone who I get really excited about something and I just want to follow my interests with it. And that can take me down different paths and be interested in a lot of very different things. Um, but you can't, you, you only have a limited amount of, of focus, of time and energy. And so for this season or like that block, um, that's, that's hard sometimes of like, it means saying no to other things that are exciting and are good, but that's what it means if you want to really commit to something. And that's something that really stuck with me from one of our sessions that I've carried with me of like, that's something that you have to be willing to do if you really want to want to like commit and prioritize and take something seriously. So I think that that helps too when you think of it in terms of a of a container or a season of life. Of course. And we can thank Elizabeth Gilbert for that. This theme of priorities has definitely been weaving its way through many podcast episodes over the last few months. And it's one that I've spoken about, like it just has so deeply resonated with me in terms of like, like you said, we only have so much time and energy. And so where are we wanting to spend that? And, and that, that, that can change. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it too, of like giving yourself permission to focus on what you need to and accepting that those priorities will change depending on where you're at. Um, and that's, that's just always going to be like, that's always going to be constant in life. And so being able to really like think about that in terms of like, I don't know where I'll be next year, but I know for right now, this is where I want to follow or this is what I want to focus on. Being in the process of it. It makes me mm -hmm. think my mom was telling me and I 
I don't remember the writer that she was referencing, but we talk a lot about books. And we were talking the other day about um, a particular writer who was just getting their first book published after having, I think, written five different manuscripts and sent them off over the years. And I believe this person was a journalist. So not like they didn't know about the craft of writing, but writing a book is a whole different world. And I just often think about what you were sharing um, when I asked that question about like, you know, if you stopped writing this memoir, would it still have been worthwhile? And all of the things that you can discover about yourself and being in your own creative process, even if that thing that you are creating doesn't see the light of day, though I am truly hoping because I have read a version of the first chapter and I loved it and was like laughing out loud. Your dad just has had so many incredible experiences. Um, but there is this element of just like being in the process and that that in it in and of itself can be such a generative place to be. And it's the process where it's like you it's like you have to be open to those like new ideas or exploring new formats. There was a period where I remember I was so focused on like what would the end look like and like feel like and how was I going to write that in which point of view? And it can just be easy to focus on those end specific things when so much of it is just like having fun with the process of where it's at or like exploring new ideas or new questions that come up. And it's kind of scary because you don't you don't know where it will go and what it can be and where it's in this draft kind of state. But um, that can also be scary. Yeah, because it's like you want to have this polished final, like here it is kind of kind of thing when it's really like during the process that's like so fa- fascinating and interesting to me too whenever I'm talking to people about their work experiences, which I do a lot for my work. Um, it's always those stories of the indecision or the middle point or the figuring it out. Like that's where all the great stories are. And so it's like getting comfortable, I think, with that part too. Yes, yes. It's almost like a relinquishing of control a little bit in mm-hmm. the middle, but that in that is where I think so much of the magic happens and so much of, I often think of how projects take on a life of their own and like have their own kind of energy. Mm-hmm. And so there is an element of like, how could I figure out everything ahead of time when in reality, it's like a creative project is like a relationship between you and that project. And and it's this dance where you're figuring it out as you go and learning and adapting and adjusting as you go. I wanted to talk for a moment about, because I think it's a really courageous thing when we have a maybe one day project that is inside of us. Oftentimes, those are the things that we kind of carry deep inside of us and don't often speak out loud. I'm wondering if you can speak specifically to the feelings along the way of going from this thing that is just inside of you to this thing that then you are putting out into the world and owning and sharing with others. Yeah, it feels like a big step when you're when you have this idea in your head and like getting it out of there, whether it is like telling someone or just put like journaling about it or putting it on a piece of paper and like putting it out in the world. It feels that's when it feels like it becomes real. I feel like a lot throughout 
our coaching, I would I would go back and forth from feeling really excited about it and then feeling really like nervous about it, um, which I think is a good thing too because it's so kind of it's kind of uncomfortable and it's sort of a challenge. Um, and it matters to you. And it matters, yeah, it matters because you care about it and you want it to be good. Um, but I think. Yeah, I felt the difference for me when I started talking about this project I was doing that turned from this thing that was kind of a side thing on my mind. Maybe I'll try it. I'm sort of experimenting versus, yeah, this is what I'm doing this weekend. Or like, yeah, this is what I'm this is what I'm focusing on this summer. Like that felt like a big shift. And then being able to tell people about it felt like a level of, yes, owning it and also kind of keeping me accountable of like actually saying that I was going to do something and knowing that for me, I want to be able to like follow up on that and say the progress and share what I've learned and what I'm doing. Um, but I felt like it was like, it was really a mix of like feeling really nervous to share it because I knew that it went into these other things in my mind about self-doubt, whether I could, whether I would, and yeah, just really like committing to it and owning it. And I think that's been like the hardest part that still kind of gives me those like nervous butterflies almost if I am like telling someone about it and sometimes I feel the need to say like and I I don't know where it'll go or and I'm just trying it or I'm just experimenting with it because it kind of gives that like safety to it um but generally people are like interested and they're excited or they also have that idea in their head that maybe they've thought about and um it's cool to be able to like share about those sort of projects too and it's also been really cool to see how as you've been sharing it has created an opportunity for connection with so many people. And in some ways, people who have been able to add their experience or wisdom or insights or stories about your dad to this very project. <laughs> yeah, it has been. And what started as like, I'll talk to dad about this and that'll be that'll be the story. Now it's been learning about how all of my aunt and uncles also went to visit him during his like two years and he was in Pickle Lake. So it's also like their reactions to things. And so it's kind of become more of like a family story and learning about like family history too, um, which I think was good. But I, I was like able to see it as a different version of what it could be because when I first started writing it a year ago, it was like a very factual, like here's what happened. And now as it's evolved, I've added more of my own voice or what sparked it for me and other other people's voices. And so it feels like a very different story. Um, and I think that's another reason that you can't you can't really focus on like the outcome of being done because I had a version that was done months ago, but it's evolved into such a different, like deeper and richer kind of story. And I think that's where you have to like allow yourself to play in that process to really see what it can be. And I think that is when it has a heartbeat and a life of its own and to to have fun with it. Mm, has a heartbeat. That's so, so beautiful. I wonder if you have any words, insights, reflections, if we speak for a moment to someone who's listening who has that maybe one day project inside of them. What would you tell that person? I would say if you find there is something that keeps coming up or you can't stop thinking about, it is something worth exploring or worth following. There's a sense of trusting yourself that it means something and it like means there's something there to get curious about. Um, and 
I think that's where bringing someone else in to help or to help break it down or even to explore what something could be um, is is helpful. Because I think a lot of times with these projects, it can feel like I have to do it all on my own when really it's like as you start bringing people into it or creating connections or finding community through things, that's when it can feel a lot more like you're supported to do it or you're in an environment to really see where it could go. So yeah, one of the biggest things I've learned is like, like trusting myself and also thinking about um, my own time and energy. And if I'm going to commit to something, um, it's worth following. And that means saying no to good things. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Those pieces around prioritizing, as well as the piece that I heard there is also thinking about what support looks like. And I know you talked about that idea of accountability and I feel like I feel like I mean that's why I love my work as a coach so much because I think it's so common for us to have these ideas inside of us and it's also common that when we take the courageous steps to bring those ideas to life we're in momentum but then we hit a roadblock or we hit a little snag in the road and we can get stuck there and I think that is where having, you know, it can be a coach, absolutely, but it doesn't have to be a coach, but having somebody who can help you get unstuck. And it's been so cool to get to walk alongside you and see you get unstuck again and again and again and again. Um, because really, like, any project or goal that is, like, deep within us and stretchy, there's going to be moments of stuckness. Yeah. And those are the moments that can just feel like scarier. I think a lot too about like the, the environment you need to like do your best work or to be your most creative self. I think we can put all this pressure on ourselves and then we feel bad about, well, why aren't we just doing it? And being able to take a step back and look at what is the environment? Like, what do I need to be able to, you know, set myself up well is something that I've kept coming back to, to think about a lot over the past year. Um, and how I can help create that environment for myself. And it doesn't just happen. Like that takes a lot of work too to understand like what things or people or community that you need. Because I think of, yeah, like where I was a year ago and not having like supports kind of in place where I could even take on that kind of project. I think I especially needed the coaching because it felt very different than telling a friend or telling a family member kind of as an offhand comment than us meeting together and knowing that in our next session, you were going to ask me about it. And it felt that like accountability that I wanted to be able to bring back the progress I'd made and that it was like in movement. It was a project that was bubbling and growing. But I think the other thing that helped with coaching is you would be able to provide a new perspective on the way I was working or how I was working and also ask questions that I just hadn't thought of. And a lot of times it was those kind of questions that would hit something deeper or the next day I'd still be thinking about um, that would really like spark new ideas that weren't just about like my writing or writing this memoir, but just also about like how, how I am or how I am with others or what I need in my own environment. Um, and so that's where I think coaching really helped me because of the accountability and also the new perspective to really think about like patterns and things as a whole and ask questions that sparked new things I just never would have thought of otherwise. 
to me, that has always been the magic of coaching is those really powerful questions that like stick with you, that linger with you and are the ones that you carry forward almost like these little like meditations um, in the days that follow. Sometimes there's been questions I have been asked in my own life that I have held on to for years because they have just been these really powerful companions that I can lean on in moments where I am looking for guidance or direction. Thank you so much for sharing these little glimmers, these little windows into the journey that you've been on. I'm wondering, as we weave our way to the end of this conversation, is there anything else on your heart that you want to share today? I think that for a long time, I thought that I was like an indecisive person. And I think this played into coaching or even this project of thinking of, well, I just can't decide things on the spot. When this has helped me realize that sometimes with decisions, I just need time to kind of think about things. And I think what that's what's been most helpful for me is the ways that I've thought about things in a new way and especially just bringing creativity into different areas of my life. Um, and I think that's where coaching is really helpful for people. If you feel like you have that kind of idea that you want to commit to, but don't know how or want help and support, um, but don't know what that looks like. Like you can still have those how questions, but if you feel like that main question is there, that's what I feel like coaching and working with you, Megan, has really been helpful with. But also it's like, I think we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make big decisions about our work or these kind of projects or where we want to go in life when really it helps to um, kind of have that season where you're taking this pressure off yourself and, and giving yourself the time to kind of collect information and be more informed um, before you can decide like where I want to go. And I feel like that's what a lot of this project has made me realize too about myself is trusting that you just got to try. You got to try something and see how I feel, see how I like it. And then kind of who knows where it'll go. And it still feels like in that sort of messy middle of figuring that out. But um, that's kind of the exciting part too. Yeah, it's a messy middle, but it's also filled with all of these like awe-inspiring moments of deep connection with yourself and with others. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing this journey that you continued to be on, I'm excited to see what unfolds as you keep following the little glimmers of curiosity. And I'm just so grateful that you were willing to share today with all of us. Thank you. I've been a big fan of the podcast and I've loved working together through coaching. So I'm, I'm very grateful for, yeah, our coaching sessions and being able to share it too. I really hope that you found today's episode as inspiring and uplifting and thought-provoking as I did. I can speak, I think, safely for both Erica and I when I say that I truly hope if you're somebody who has had the stirrings inside of your own heart, of your own maybe one day project, that maybe this episode has sparked curiosity for how you might start to bring that vision to life. And if it feels supportive for you to have a little bit of a space where you can start to explore that, or even just to start to explore 
what you are looking to shift or create or make room for in this next season of life. A little reminder that I do have a workshop coming up at the end of the month, Find Your Fall Flow, and it is going to be a chance to dive into exactly this together. Not just over a collective, a group experience, but there is also, when you sign up for the workshop, you are also going to get access to a 20-minute mini coaching session with me. You can learn more about the whole experience at meganjohnston.com slash fallflow. I'm going to spell it out. M-E-G-H-A-N-J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N dot com slash fall, F-A-L-L, flow, F-L-O-W. As always, I would love to hear from you. If you're walking away today with any reflections, insights, or questions on your heart, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Megan L. Johnston or send me an email, hello at meganjohnston.com. Until next time, keep living with heart and wonder.